Have a name that's incredibly hard to pronounce? For $1 a month over at patreon.com slash infendoradio, you can laugh at us while we try to pronounce it and fail. So connected to the world of Nintendo, even Link knows where to find us. Yeah! Infendo Radio is on now. Hello, welcome to Infendo Radio. It is episode number 558. Um, I am here joined with Steve for now. I have another host that might be joining us here in a minute, but Steve, how are you doing tonight? I learned something new this week, Eugene. Are you ready to hear what Stephen has learned this week? This is Stephen's would... lessons. We're going to make this a new segment. I-, I-, I would love nothing more. I learned, finally, how to properly pronounce the name of one of our most esteemed patrons. One oh, Mr. okay. Colt yes. 64, as we know. We had an entire discussion in the Discord about this, and because we really don't have anything going on right now, we're going to talk about it. But I want, I want you to hold off on the actual pronunciation. Give me the discussion, and then you give me the pronunciation during the list. We'll, we'll let the listeners, you know, have to wait a little the, round for a little bit. The poor guy is frustrated because he's probably <laughs> one of the original patrons, and we started Patreon what two. Between two and three years ago now. I want to say it was three years because I want to say 2017, It was right after I came. Yeah. Yeah. So, and in three years, you would think if we had one patron that stayed the same, which we've got a few of you guys out there, you would think that we would know how to pronounce your name. We don't. I don't know how to pronounce my own name sometimes, so don't feel too bad. I don't even know what my own name is because people (laughs) that know me post-high school know me as Steven. People that know me pre-high school know me by James, which is my middle name, because my dad and stepdad, both of their names are also Steve. Okay. And people on the internet knew me as Gentus before I joined this fine show. So, you know, I, I, I don't even know who I am. Let's be real. Well, you know what? I know you as Peeve Steacock. That's how, um, oh. how I... So, no, 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 no. I, of course, of course. Well, you know, Colton, I know how to pronounce his first name. We'll get to your last name mm-hmm. pronunciation here at the end of the show. But, Steve, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Gentus1. That's J E N T A S, and then the number one. Mm-hmm. You can find me in Discord all the time, every day, to the point where I'm probably going to get fired because <laughs> I'm in it that bad. Over at Infendo.com, click on the community page, join my Discord, join the Infendo Discord. You can find me on another Twitter handle, at HyperVoicePKMN. That's the official Twitter of HyperVoice Podcast. You can find me on HyperVoice Podcast on your favorite podcast service by searching podcast or HyperVoice Podcast. I messed that up. <laughs> you can find Lucas on Twitter at Chromatic Hue. You can find Lucas on the interwebs at ChromaticHue.com. You can find Lucas on YouTube by searching Lucas Peace or Peace Guy 8, one of those two. I can't remember which. He's the guy with the blue mustache and the blue t- <laughs> top hat. This is true. Um, have I missed anything, Eugene? I've done a lot of plug. Do you want me to plug Justin while we're at it, or should we wait? I mean, you might as well get my plugs in, too. I mean, you're here on a roll. So you can find Eugene at Infendo (laughs) Eugene. You can also find him at Infendo on Twitter, I think is our Twitter handle. Oh, my Uh God, I don't even know our own Twitter handle. You can find him at Infendo.com. If he wants you to do one thing this year, he wants you to vote. He really wants you to vote so we can get this idiot out of office. I mean, yeah, we're not going to beat around the bush, right? Um, You you can send all hate mail to tips at Infendo.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
What am I missing? About, that about covers it, actually. Yeah, no, like, I, I guess, thank you. I know you. the plugs. <laughs> you I'm, did I'm it. the plug guy, officially. <laughs> it's true. Well, since you're on a roll, why don't you go ahead and thank our patrons for, at least our producers for the month, and then we'll take yeah. a little break here. Yeah, let us thank our wonderful producers there they are so i would like to thank the following two producers contributing a minimum of ten dollars a month slacker monkey and minus 64 and i would like to thank our following two executive producers contributing more than ten dollars a month even if it's 1001 we're or no no we did twenty dollars a month that's right so a minimum of twenty dollars a month for an executive producer um we've got dj and the Brianosaurus. And the mystery name that we cannot pronounce. <laughs> the Patreon member that we mess up every month. Literally. We are going to attempt to get it right. And when he listens to the show on Friday, he's going to yell at me because I'm probably going to mess it up again. Shh. It is Colton Malish. You remember that. It's an M. It's an Al. Like Al Bundy from Married with Children, for those of us old people. And then ish, I-S-H. Like, I'll be around there about five-ish. That's how you say his name. <laughs> okay. I will definitely remember that for the next five minutes. Colton Malish and everyone else, thank you very much for your contributions to the show. Um, we are going to take a little break here. It is time for that. We'll be back on the other side with Change the System. A producer is like a director who doesn't actually have to do any work. If you want to be a producer for Infendo Radio, head over to patreon.com slash Infendo Radio and pledge at the $10 level. We're back. So we're going to talk about some news because that's what we do in Change the System. And then we'll talk about the games we've been playing. Um, I am going to go first because I am talking already. So that just seems to make sense. So um, I'm going to go ahead and talk about some Splatfest news. We just got a surprise um, announcement from Nintendo on Monday. Actually, it was really exciting for me because I missed last Splatfest. Looks like we're going to have one this weekend. Um Nice. It, yeah, it's going to be chicken versus egg. Um, so that's pretty cool. And yeah, I don't know. I hope that they continue to bring Splatfest back. Like how honestly, though, how hard could it be to keep Splatfest going, in my opinion? You know, you, you have to come up with a couple of graphics and then you have to like push like that kind of stuff live. But like beyond that, like, come on. Yeah. So about that. First off, I need your answer because, you know. I need to know which side of the fence you're on, if you're right or wrong. Which is it, the chicken or the egg? I'm an egg man. Good man. You, that's the correct <laughs> answer. Um, oh, good. I don't actually remember which one, uh, you know, won when they did the actual Splatfest. But I was, I was the egg person. Because really, the chicken was just a genetic mutation in the egg, right? I mean, I've always said that. I remember saying that then. Justin probably argued with me. Lucas may have even argued with me. I don't know. But yeah, the egg was <laughs> um, Second off, it. I like the fact that they're bringing these Splatfests back. I think it's kind of cool to revisit them. What bothers me, though, is exactly what you said. Why is it so hard to pump out a new Splatfest? You don't have to make any new stages. Reuse an old stage. No one will even know. You know, throw some new colors on there. Color swaps don't seem to be that difficult in a game. Lucas, in fact, is making an entire game about swapping colors. So I really don't think that swapping the colors is that big of an issue. Um, like you said, you push out a graphic, or you make a graphic, you push out the graphic onto a t-shirt in-game, and then you change the colors. That's it. 
That really, right? Like it is the it, easiest long-term support for a game that you could ever imagine. Yeah, I mean, it, you just like hire like two or three or four graphic designers, lock them in a basement forever, and then just make them make Splatfest until the end of time. That's it. Just hire Lucas. Lucas That's, can be the yeah. eternal Splatfest person. He can work for Nintendo. He's happy. Um, you know, he gets all the good Nintendo games, and then he can siphon them off to us for reviews. You know, I mean, exactly. come on. It's not hard. <laughs> At least to so, me, it's not. So, yeah, uh, it is exciting that Splatfest is back, but, like, you know, to your point and my point, I guess, like, come on, let's... Let's keep them coming. Let's we everybody loves Splatfest, so let's keep it going. So, anyways, um, Steve, I know you have a couple of news items. So, what you got for me? Pokemon, because I like Pokemon. Let's be real. I do this podcast. We have another podcast about Pokemon. I like Pokemon, and I'm hooked on Pokemon again. That being said, um, as I was trying, as I was going to Cerebi.net for the news I was actually looking for, I found another piece of news that's going to tickle Eugene's fancy. And because I don't actually know the details, I'm going to read them. And we haven't read an article, and it's not even really an article. So bear with me um, if I can't read because the print is tiny. Niantic have confirmed some new details for the upcoming Pokemon Go Community Day. It'll be decided by vote, which will be cased from 1 o'clock UTC August 23rd to 1 o'clock UTC August 24th on the official Twitter. The winner okay. will be available in the community day on September 20th, and the second place on October 17th. Here are your options. Charmander. Evolve, Char- evolve Charmeleon to Charizard for Dragon Breath. Caterpie. Evolve Metapod to Brother- Butterfree for Hurricane. Grimer. Evolve Grimer, Alolan Grimer to... I guess just regular uh, Muck or Alolan Muck to get Fire Punch. Alolan Grimer would appear in raids during the event, and I assume regular Grimer I want that, would be Alolan the Pokemon. Grimer. And the one that everybody should be voting for, the one correct choice, because I'm an opinionated jerk, Porygon. <laughs> Evolve oh, Porygon okay. 2 oh, to yeah, Porygon yeah, yeah. Z After to get After hearing tri-attack. the options, Porygon is the yeah. right choice. Well, and you get if you get it, you get Porygon Z with Tri-Attack, a new move to Pokemon Go that has a chance of lowering the opponent's attack and defense. So yeah, Porygon's the one. You're going to get a new move. Porygon are hard to come by anyway. I do want to say that I actually have a Porygon Z as my partner Pokemon, for any of you that are my friends on Pokemon Go. And that was a Porygon I caught back in the old days that once, you know, Porygon 2 became available, I made the effort to evolve him. And then Uh when Porygon Z became available, I made the effort to evolve him as well. And I'll be talking about Porygon more a little bit later. So that's the one we want. And speaking of Porygon, I'm just going to talk for like the next 15 minutes. Hey, Eugene, I'm sorry. go ahead. I've got um, more pizza spe- Speaking of Porygon, um, in Pokemon Sword and Shield, um, here's another little fun tidbit. It has been confirmed that during the Pokemon Players Cup Video Game Championship Finals this weekend, which is August 22nd, 23rd, a special shared serial code will be available for players to redeem. This code will get players That's a competitive cool. Porygon 2 trained to be good in Trick Room. And it I- is a sassy nature, comes with an Eviolite, so it's built for defense, and it has the moves Recover, Trick Room, Ice Beam, and Thunderbolt. The code will run until August 31st. 
And of course, if you happen to not be able to watch those live, if you go to Cerebi.net the second it is available, they will get you that code, and it is region free. That's great. So, I'm sure that you are excited for that. I love Porygon. He's got to <laughs> be in my top ten Pokemon. I should are make you, that list sometime. Are you going to make a team out of this Porygon then? Not out of this one, which brings me actually to what I've been playing. So we're just going to jump right into that. If you haven't guessed, I may or may not be on a Pokemon kick right now, ever since Lucas and I did our Kanto battle in, for Hyper Voice. And I've been going hard. But the <laughs> reason I'm excited about Porygon um, is because the next shiny Pokemon that I will be hatching is going to be a shiny Porygon. Um, I have one in a, in a dive ball. I have one in a dream ball that I'm going to be using to breed. I'm not sure which one yet. I haven't decided. Um, but yeah, usually if, you know, if I'm looking at the patterns on my phone, which I'll pull up here in a moment, usually before egg 400 is when I get my shiny Pokemon. And I have stats upon stats upon stats. To Give me those stats. Okay. So I have been hatching shiny Pokemon since Pokemon X and Y. And the first shiny Pokemon I hatched was a Charmander. It took 363 eggs. After that, I decided to go for a shiny Froakie, which I didn't have such good luck with. That one took 862. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then I stopped until this generation when it became very, when the odds got a lot better. Current odds to get a shiny Pokemon, if you have the shiny tar charm, if you're breeding with the Masuda method, which is two Pokemon from different regions, so like an English and a Japanese Pokemon, or a French and a Spanish Pokemon, or something like that. The okay, odds... I, I heard, I've heard you and Lucas say that before, and I know you've uh -huh. explained it to me before, but I could never remember. But okay, thank you for explaining that And that's what it is. The Why is it to... named that? Do you know the origins of the naming? Of course I know the origins of this uh... naming, Eugene. What kind of Pokemon fan <laughs> would I be if I didn't? You're not um, wrong. It was, if I recall correctly, and, you know, the finer points may be lost to the years, but if I remember correctly, uh, Junichi Masuda, who was one of the original programmers or game designers, I forget which, um, put a secret method in Generation 2 to get shiny Pokemon. Mm. If you happen to come across someone that, you know, from a different region, which back then was next to impossible because there mm -hmm. were only three or four versions of the game. Mm -hmm. You had the English, the European, and the Japanese versions of the game. So if you were able to get a Pokemon from one of those generation or from one of those regions, then he would decrease the odds for a shiny Pokemon by half. Wow. Each generation, the Masuda method has been brought over into the new game, and each generation the odds have decreased. I was this just saying it's not half now. I wish it was half. No. This generation is actually far it's actually less than half. I think it's one in 4,000, where mm. it used to be one in 8,000. So it's half of what it was, but it's not 50% of what you catch, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. about one in 4,000 standard odds until you get the shiny charm, and then it becomes one in about 2,000. And then, like I say, if you're using the shiny charm and the Masuda method for eggs, you can get it down to one in about 512. Sure. You can further decrease the odds for catching a shiny Pokemon in the wild by battling 500 of said Pokemon, but would you rather battle 500 EVs or would you rather hatch 400? Yeah, it, 
it makes sense. Yeah, the math makes sense. So, is why you would want to hatch. So as, my question is, why is there no Masuda? Is that it? Masuda? Uh-huh. Why is there no Masuda method in Pokemon Go? Because basically the only thing that I care about anymore in that game is shinies. It's shinies. And um, the only way to get those easily is through the events, you know? I wish there was like a way to... That, you have just answered your question. It's a marketing ploy. Um, they know that if there was a Masuda method in there, that that would break the events. Why'd you have and to how are they going to get you to spend money if you don't have something worth it to spend money on? Yeah, I guess you're right. It, I know uh, I'm right. It makes me so sad because, like, I, I want to say, like, two or three years ago, there wasn't even shiny Pokemon in Pokemon Go type of thing. Because uh, when it first launched, there definitely wasn't it, you know? But, like, right. now that's, like, I need them. I, they're, like, my little mm-hmm. shiny babies. It's an addiction. And especially for me in the main game. Heather just got a shiny Shadow Ekans today, and it made me so very sad. That's really cool. I like that they brought Shadow Pokemon back in Pokemon. Uh That's actually a nice touch. So, I I want a shiny Genesect, too. Sorry. My current addiction in Pokemon Sword and Shield, if I'm going to train a competitive Pokemon, unless I'm doing a whole team at once, nine times out of ten, I'm going to make it shiny. Um, so the last shiny Pokemon I was actually breeding for, now that the Isle of Armor is a thing, and you can make your own Gigantamax Pokemon from a bred Pokemon. So I realized, in my battle with Lucas, mm-hmm. that a Gigantamax Pikachu with its hidden ability of Lightning Rod is almost overpowered. If it wasn't for how bad his uh, defense and special defense were, he would be overpowered because when you add a light ball to him, his special attack and attack stats double, which basically wow. puts him in the same category for offense as your legendary Pokemon like Mewtwo. So basically, if you can get a good, if you're fast enough and you can get a good shot in, you're, yeah. you know. So the trick to it, you give him an ability that maximizes his speed and lowers either his defense or his special defense, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You EV train him for max speed and max special attack, so he hits hard. And he's got a naturally good special attack anyway. And you give him all the special moves. And then you can give him one physical move if you want for coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, the amount of Pokemon that you can KO with that alone is disgusting. Um, when Lucas and I did our battle, I one shot at an Espeon. With wow. a Pikachu. Think about that for a sec. Wow. I one-shotted an Espeon with a Gigantamax Pikachu, and since it was a double battle, his uh, his move paralyzes both Pokemon that you're going up against as well, automatically. Right. So if it doesn't kill them, they're paralyzed, if they can be paralyzed. So, borderline OP. So I decided it's not good enough for me to have a Gigantamax Pikachu, Eugene. Oh, no. Remember those balls that I was talking about that are 0.1% to get? the Safari Ball and the Sport Ball. Uh-huh. I traded on the GTS for a Pikachu in a Safari Ball. I also okay. got one in a Sport Ball. Can, that I'm not using wait, you can, you, you can specify ball and everything in the... No, but you can see what ball they're in when you're perusing the GTS. And if you've got an extra Cubfu or two lying around, mm-hmm. most of the Pokemon that are in Safari and Sport Balls, because they're DLC exclusive, are going for Cubfus. And mm. Cubfus are very easy to get because I happen to have a stock of Poiples in my old game What's that a, I keep what, bringing forward. Tell me which one Cubfu is again. 
He is the legendary Pokemon from the DLC. He's the pre-evolution. Okay. And the reason he's so popular right now is because you get one, mm -hmm. and you can choose one tower. Mm -hmm. But say I choose the Tower of Darkness, and you choose the Tower of Water. If I have an extra Cubfu, I can trade it to you. You can evolve it in your Tower of Water, trade it back to me. Mm. I give it Max Soup, it becomes Gigantamax. I suddenly have both forms. Right. Now you see why there's such a high currency right now on the GTS? Yeah, that makes sense. Like, I'm sorry for our listeners, we're going way meta here, but I'm trying <laughs> to make it as easy as I can to understand. No, that makes so, sense. I, well, I, and that, that that's, makes sense why I didn't know that Pokemon, because I haven't, I, I'm ashamed to say, I haven't dove into the G, uh, DLC yet. I really need to, especially since you every, should, it seems fun. like all and of it's the... And it's not that long, and there's a lot of quality and life enhancements in there that make it really, really nice. Mm-hmm. And I purchased it already, so like, what, you know, why not? I bought it twice, but I've only played one copy of it. I've played that one copy twice across two different profiles, but I've, you know, I've got both DLCs. So, I got on the, GP, on the GTS, I get my Pikachu and my Safari Ball, right? Very, very rare Pikachu. I breed it with a hidden ability Pikachu to get Lightning Rod. Now I've got a Lightning Rod Pikachu and a Safari Ball. Mm -hmm. Now the hunt begins. <laughs> so now I start breeding with a foreign Pokemon to try and get a Pikachu. In uh, So a shiny Pikachu in a Safari Ball with Lightning Rod, right? Oh, God. I want a male, but I will settle for a female. Okay, here's where it gets fun. So all of last week was when I started doing this, right? After our show. Sure. 369 legs eggs later, I hatch a, a shiny Pikachu, right? 369 eggs later. That falls right within where I said it would be based on mm -hmm. what I generally get. Mm -hmm. It's got static as the ability, which is the oh. standard ability. And mm. it's a female. Oh. So you gotta get another one. So I upload those to Pokemon Home so I can start doing wonder trades. And I start again. 42 eggs later, I hatch a shiny Pikachu. Oh, wow. And female. it's got static. Damn. And it's a female. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so I upload those to Pokemon Home, and I start again. 21 eggs later, I hatch a Pikachu. Or a Pichu, right? Uh-huh. It's got static. And it's got a female. <laughs> and it's got the same crappy nature that the first one did. You're never going to get it. It's an exact duplicate of the first one. Then I get frustrated, okay? <laughs> So then I spend this week working on it some more. I really want this Pikachu, Eugene, right? I, I can tell. So my original Pikachu was 369 eggs. 371 eggs later, after the 21 eggs, I hatch a shiny Pikachu. It is male. And it has lightning rod. Wait, that's what you want? Cause you that's want, exactly what oh, I want. Oh, I was going to say... I was like, oh my god, he so, finally did if, it. If we do the math, so we're going to do this live. 371 plus 369 plus 42 plus 21. It took me 803 eggs to get my Pikachu. That's not and terrible. I got four. I got four. That's not terrible. So Lucas has one of them. <laughs> I gave one a new home. I did decide, though, that I am going to take one of the shinies with static because it works better in single battles than double. Mm -hmm. So it works out. Mm -hmm. It's pretty, Eugene. I loaded it into my Pokeball Plus. He's been helping me play Pokemon Go. 
I'm sorry I haven't sent eggs or presents. How does shiny transferring work from um, Pokemon Go to Pokemon Eevee to home? Like, what kind of abilities do they have? Is it completely random? They, as far as I've seen, they always have standard abilities. They do not have hidden abilities. Okay. Because I have about... I'm not kidding you, Steve. Probably about 52 Pikachus that are shiny. However, most of them are like party hats or like, you know, mm-hmm. like those special ones that probably right. wouldn't transfer over. But I should test that theory. See what happens. You should. Yeah, transfer all 52. Transfer them to Let's, or, yeah, let's Go and then Sword. I'm mm-hmm. curious to see out of those 52 how many have Lightning Rod. Because yeah. now you know what you're It would be for. less because some of them, some of those ones are like party ones. I think I might have like somewhere in the line of like 20 that are yeah. um, actual transferable. But yeah, I will. Yeah. So, you know, like I say, sorry. I know I got nitty gritty. I know I got numbers. We don't generally do that here. But it's okay. man, am I excited. And the cool thing is, is you load them into the Pokeball Plus. And obviously it says Pikachu and everything when you shake it. Mm-hmm. But instead of being yellow, it's more of a... I mean, the best way to describe it is a pea yellow. Like, it's not yellow, but it's like a pea yellow. You know what I mean? Right. Slightly I, um, orange. I uh, can't tell the difference between the Chinese Pikachus, quite honestly. You know, colorblind eyes Oh, and that's sad. So. I didn't even think about that. Looks wow. sad to me. <laughs> but I still got them. Well, uh, I assume that's about the end of what you got. Unless you got anything yeah. else? No, that's it. Cool. All right, well, then I will talk about the games I've been playing then. Um, I guess let's talk about Pokemon because I have been playing Pokemon Go. Um, not a whole lot to discuss there. There, It's been kind of a lull when it comes to events. Um, what was the last event? Gosh, I can't even remember. It Was Was uh, it the dragon event or was it the water event? It was the dragon event. And no, they event- did the water one after that. Because Lucas got a shiny star. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, because I got the shiny star you as well. Yeah, I didn't... Was What else was shiny during that event? Anyways, yeah. Mm. I was I was uh, very disappointed with the dragon event because I didn't even see a shiny... Uh, I didn't even see a Diano or how do you say that? Dino? 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 Yeah. I don't know. I always mess that one up too. Lucas yeah, knows. however you pronounce that. I, I Not only did I not get a shiny, I didn't see a single one get hatched out of any of my eggs. So I was pretty Seriously? upset about that. Wow. Yeah, so a lot of the community was pretty upset with the shine, the rates on that one. But in any yeah, case, I heard I heard it was basically the sh- the Dratini event. It yeah, and and I didn't even get a shiny Dratini, so I was pretty bummed about that Dude, too. You play the crap out of Pokemon Go. How did you not? Heather too. I want to say that between the two of us, we caught over probably over two thousand Dratini. You know, like, and we didn't. Nothing. It's ridiculous. That is insane. So everybody who has your pink little Dragonair as your buddy, screw you, because that's what I want. I want my pink little Dragonair. A hearty peek of you. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But uh, other than Pokemon, I have been playing a new game. Um, I've had it for a little bit, but I haven't really played played it until recently. I've been playing Ring Fit Adventure, and I like it a lot. It's um, it's actually given me a pretty good workout for what it is, you know? So mm-hmm. 
I guess. I think Lucas has maybe talked about it, and Justin too. But in any case, I know it, Lucas has. If you haven't heard or you don't know what Ring Fit Adventure is, it's basically a workout game where you have a Pilates ring, and you're bending the Pilates ring into different shapes, you know, vertically and horizontally, basically, to do certain things on the game. So, like, you can pull, I, and forgive me, I, I can't remember the, exactly how it is, but I believe if you pull on it while you're, like, running around the map, you can, like, use your, almost like a Luigi's Mansion vacuum, you know? You get, like, an air type of attack, and you can, like, suck in coins, you know, stuff like that. Oh, nice. And, and then if you squeeze it in, then you have, like, a fire attack, and then, you know, there's more attacks that you can earn throughout the adventure, but it's really fun. And then each um, battle, as it were, because it is an RPG, um is a different workout so you can do like squats or you can do like you know there's this like weird one where you like have to raise your hand above your your arms above your head and do like pull on the uh, pilates ring and push on it and that's actually really hard but like you know different things like that to do um attacks on this little rpg character that you're fighting against it's pretty basic of an rpg for what it is you know but it gets you um it makes you not think about working out, and I think that's the point. So I I, right. do, I do like it a lot. I probably have only put about ten hours into it. I guess I played it ten days now, um, so about an hour a day, and I'm liking it a lot. It's kind of been nice. coming my morning routine, so it's pretty fun. Um, what else have I been playing? I can't really say that I that there's a whole lot other than like clubhouse games on the side with Heather, you know, things like I that. I need to get back into that. It's fun. My wife and I played it a oh, little bit. Oh, did you? I didn't know you had it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I bought it. Oh, wow. I bought it before everything went sideways in June. Like sure. right before everything went sideways in June. And my wife and I played a couple of rounds of Mancala. And were you, you know, like like all board games that come to video game form, we're used to house rules, and they don't really let you do house rules on that per se. Right. So you know, I, we quickly learned how to beat each other using the computer against each other. Um, we had a really good time though. So mm. I do need to get back into that. I, um, but I haven't I haven't docked my big switch in a long time. The one thing that I wish that that game allows you to do is that some of the games like I think like Chinese Checkers and some of the other ones like if you don't have four people or three people or you know however many it automatically puts a computer opponent and I wish you had the option to turn off the computer opponent because you could still yeah. technically play like you know Chinese Checkers with two people type of thing you know if you yeah, really my wife wanted and I, to. My wife and I have an actual game board, and we yeah. have played. It doesn't go as quick, but you can still do it. Yeah, exactly. So I, I wish that they, or maybe they give you the option to control two of the colors or whatever, right, type of thing. Yeah. So then if they uh, if they make you have four, then, you know, you're controlling contr uh, player one and three, and then your wife is controlling player two and four type right. of thing, you know. But, right. um, I don't That'd know. That would actually be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there's you can do that for Chinese checkers, even for like the, what is it, like the sorry or trouble equivalent that they have on there, that type of thing. Because I think, I'm pretty sure all of those ones make you do um, four players type of thing. So. Yeah, but, the only other thing I wish you could do on that while we're talking about I wish you could is four player darts. Because that was one of the games that I bought it for, because we used to play darts on WarioWare... 
Wii, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. We used to play darts on that all the time. That was the only reason we ever booted that up. And four-player bowling, because, again, that would get us to play with the whole family. Okay, so. yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that would make a lot of sense. I do like the bowling, though. The bowling is fun on... Um, oh, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's super fun. Um, okay, well, then I guess we will take our first break here. Second break? I Who's counting? I don't know. We're going to take a break, it's, and we'll be back break. on the other it's side fine. with the question block. Infendo Radio records live every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can join us and watch those live recordings over at twitch.tv slash infendoradio. Okay, so we're back. We're going to play a little mini game here before we talk about the questions that have been asked in the question block. I believe Steve is going to be hosting the game tonight. So Steve, why don't you take it away? All right. I don't exactly know how. I, I mean, I guess we're not doing points. This is just going to be a fun little exercise. Um, we're going to do my favorite game of uh, bad game descriptions. Um, if this is your first time hearing bad game descriptions, I'm sorry I'm not Lucas. He does it so much better than I do. But Lucas is taking this month off for a much-needed vacation. Uh-huh. And we're letting him. Done. So, but I still enjoy this game. Basically what we do is we read game descriptions off of the Nintendo eShop that are really not ideal. Doesn't necessarily mean they're bad games, as we found out before, because Uh I've read some game descriptions for some really good games, and they're just, the descriptions are horrible. Just hire a writer, guys. We we know people that can prove it for you. In fact, all four of us have written articles before. Um... But yeah, so basically we, we read descriptions and on a normal show where there's more than two of us, mm-hmm. you know, we would take turns kind of, you know, deciding who gets to go first and there'd be a winner. But we're just going to kind of do one round just to see if Eugene can kind of get within a couple bucks of this, I think. And then <laughs> sure. we'll declare Eugene a winner. So um, here we go. By the way, the theme this week was what can I find exceptionally quickly? And because of the indie showcase that we had today or yesterday that we didn't really discuss because nothing really came of it, mm-hmm. there is a sale going on on the eShop on indie games. So this game is one of said games. So here we go. Crime doesn't pay. Unless you're a bounty hunter. In the mayhem-filled streets of a future where the criminal gangs rule and cops fear to tread... Only the bounty hunters can free the city from the corrupt fist of felony, lay waste to the criminal underworld, and make a killing in this hard-boiled action comedy arcade Oh, I know what game this shooter. is. I know what game this is, but I don't remember the, the price. Damn it. Key features. Hunt solo or give suppressive fire and advance on the enemy together in co-op as you run, jump, and take cover in the neon-soaked, graffiti-strewn, 80s-inspired cityscapes. That is the single longest sentence I believe I have ever read. <laughs> <sighs> Hand-painted 16-bit pixel art graphics and hand-drawn animations combined with fluid action-packed 60 frames per second gameplay and an epic synthesized soundtrack. No commas this time. Hunt down everything from feral punks to organized hockey hooligans. This game is riddled with 16-bit bad guys and crime bosses each with their own stomping ground to reclaim, and an arsenal of weapons to confiscate. Eugene, 
can you get within a couple of bucks of either the sale price or the retail price of this game? I don't know that I can. Um, I I think I know the game. Um, what do you think it is? Is it that game Hunt Down? It is. Okay, yeah. Nice. I can't remember. It looked like, because it looked really cool. It kind of looked like Contra, but like really like stylized kind of. More or know? less. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember the price. I want to say I'm going to go with 20 29.99, 30 bucks. Okay. 19.99 is the retail price. Uh, it what? is currently on sale for 13.99. So if you're thinking about it, it sounds like now's a good time to get it. Okay. Yeah. I might have to pick it up because it did look really cool. I mean, it was right up my alley too because it looked like it had um I think you said it. It looks like it had co-op multiplayer, so like maybe I can, you know, get Heather to uh, get a Joy-Con or something. Yeah, up to two players, it says. Awesome. Well, then, all right. We're going to take a look at the question block. And let's go ahead and answer the question from Slacker Monkey. He asks, what is your favorite soundtrack from a video game? If you can narrow it down, what is also your favorite song in any video game ever? Wow, that's a tough one for me. Um, and I've had since yesterday to think about it because I did see this question come in. Um, I looked at it and the answer was immediate for me. So I'm gonna give you just a couple minutes longer to think about it. Yeah, go ahead, tell me yours. I have so many, there's so, so many good video game soundtracks, you know? I was able to successfully narrow it down to a single soundtrack, the soundtrack that I have listened far more than any other uh, video game soundtrack I own. It's actually Rocket League. Not what you thought I was going to say, right? Um, Definitely not. So here's why. Rocket League is the reason I bought Apple Music. I know I've said this on the show before. Um, I love the Rocket League soundtrack every new season when they would release a new um, part to the soundtrack. I would go on iTunes and I would buy the soundtrack. Well, when they started releasing the Battle Pass for this soundtrack, um, they moved all of the new releases from iTunes, where they used to be where I would buy them, over to Apple Music. So now you could only get it if you were an Apple Music subscriber or there were a couple other ways to do it. Do they have like a, a, I wonder if they have like a band camp or something where they release that. I looked and I couldn't find it because I am a regular at band camp. I've got a lot of band camp music. So I bought Apple Music. That way I could keep up on it. And that has saved my bacon because I've kind of been struggling with money over the last few months. Mm -hmm. And having that Apple Music subscription already paid for when the new Shantae soundtrack came out downloaded it no problem if i cared about taylor swift i could have got that soundtrack no problem Mm -hmm. more or less any cd i want on itunes i can get now yeah that's Um, what i i have similar with the google version which is but they're 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 discontinuing google play music for youtube music and i don't like youtube music as much for some reason or another well have i got good news for you eugene you can subscribe (laughs) to apple music on your android phone just like i also learned you can subscribe to google podcasts on your iphone not sure why or how you can i downloaded the app it's the craziest thing I needed to send someone a link to Infendo Radio through um, that, and that's how I did it. That is fancy, right? Now, (laughs) to answer the second part of the question, because it's almost 8 o'clock, my favorite video game song of all time, the reason that I started listening to video game music, 
is Gangplank Galleon from Donkey Kong Country 1. That is what got me into video game music. I okay. ripped the music from an NES ROM, loaded it onto my MP3 player for you peeps that are old enough to know what the hell that is. <laughs> I had one that was like, what was it? It was like 256 megabytes, and it was the size of a portable CD player. And I was amazed at how much music I could get on there back Yeah, then. I remember my first MP3 player, too. It, it, was, it, it definitely had less than a gigabyte of space on it, but I was like, oh, yeah. I can load like a thousand songs? This right? is amazing. <laughs> and I can do playlists. Oh, I got obsessed with playlists. I, I had this... Okay, we're going way down the rabbit hole. But we... I had... <laughs> I, I want to call, I think it was called like the Zen Rio or something like that. Uh-huh. But anyways, it had like a screen on it and it was really cool. And it had like a little like touch scroll wheel. And I used to read my books on that thing too while I was listening oh. to music. It was great. So I remember when you could do that on an iPod for the first time. Uh-huh. When you got the color screens on the iPods, that was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it yeah, back in the day. Now you kids can or freaking code on your your here iPhones and Androids or whatever, but mm-hmm. back in my day I had a scroll wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Um anyways, um I guess it's my turn. Mm-hmm. I have I I've been thinking about this and it's so hard for me. I, if I had I guess gun to my head, if I had to pick a favorite video game soundtrack, I guess I'm going to go with Metroid Prime because that is Ooh, good choice. Vendrana Drifts. That it, nailed wow. it. That is my wow. nailed it. That is my one of my all-time favorite video game songs. I guess that I guess if I, I'm saying it is, that is my favorite video game song, right? But like mm-hmm. oh, it's just so good. And there's so many good remixes from it too, so like yeah. A close second by the way to Fendrana Drifts and I forget what it's called, but it's the fire level song basically from Magmore Caverns, I think. Magmore Caverns, uh-huh. that's it where it's like click 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 yep. that's how it starts i yep. love that it's really good that actually used to be my oh another rabbit hole we're going down so oh, back no. in the day when t- cell phones had flip screens and like 16 color screens at most sometimes yep. um you had I to know have you going with this <laughs> you had to have your cell phone songs in midi format so i uh-huh. had like every video game soundtrack you could think of back up to that point in MIDI, and yeah, I had I think this... the phone I had was the Nokia fifty one sixty. Sure, it's something like that. Yeah, and and you, if you wanted a soundtrack or music on there, it had to be a MIDI file. So you would go find a MIDI file of whatever. And yeah, Magmore Caverns was the one of my the songs yep. on on that one. I can still remember the way that sounds in MIDI format mm-hmm. in my head. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Fun times, fun times. Um, cool. Let me ask. Was there another part to that question? I think we oh. have one more for me, Peanut Head. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, well, maybe not. We're gonna talk about it. Why not? So, um, he he asks in in this channel. So I recently discovered a new game in the Mario franchise. What are your thoughts on Dance Dance Revolution Mario Mix? So, okay. I never played this one. Did you? 
I did, um, and I know Lucas loved the hell out of that game because he talks about it like all the freaking time. Um, I love the soundtrack; it's got some amazing mixes. It, it really does. I never liked DDR ever at all, but somebody gave me DDR with Mario and call me a Nintendo mm-hmm. fanboy. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm on a Nintendo podcast or something. Call me crazy, but I loved DDR Mario mix. I can still remember like the like where the placements and stuff are and stuff on that one. I even bought like a really expensive dance mat because like it came with like a cheap like foamy one or whatever you know that worked but like you know Mm -hmm. if you really wanted to be with it you had to get a nice dance mat and so I got one of those even for my um, GameCube which was hard because you know there wasn't a lot of dance mats for GameCube because there was like there was what, like two two yeah there if was like that, yeah yeah exactly so it was tough but we we made it happen but uh yeah i love that i love that game again back in the old days really right like when nintendo would uh i mean nintendo still does give mario out to do weird things but i feel like back in like the gamecube era that's when they were at their weirdest like there was like the mario sports mix thing that came out on the ds well and let's be real donkey konga and donkey konga 2 that was a pretty weird thing yeah yeah that's true oh i totally forgot about donkey konga actually that's a pretty rare one if you can get your hands on it i hear you know it's not like it's hard to find the the full set yeah you're not wrong (laughs) i have the game at least i I think conga 2 if i remember right was japan only but i had conga 1 and i could never get the you know clap feature to work so i'd always just blow in the microphone (laughs) <laughs> sure. I, I, I always wish that they would just give me Diddy Kong Racing. So I was kind of... Wait, Konga, was that the racing one with Bongos 2? Were you... Oh, you're thinking of... am I thinking of a different game? Okay, so... That's on the Wii, oh, where you Oh shake. my god. Yeah, so here's another fun piece of thing. <laughs> that Wii game is called Donkey Kong Barrel Blast. Yes, thank you. And they released it on the Wii because they were working on it for the Bongos and realized it wasn't working right. So they shelved it. And then when the motion controls came out, they're like, wait a sec, we can do this. So they pulled <laughs> the game back out, and they threw Wii controls on it, you know, right-click, save as, dot Wii, and they were good. <laughs> yeah, but no, I... that's actually how it came to be, is because it was supposed to be developed for those I, damn yep. bongos. I guess it's better than not getting it, but that game wasn't good either. I just wanted oh, to... Oh, be... the hell it wasn't. Do you know how many hours I put into that game? <laughs> That was one of my. That was one of mine and my wife's most played Wii games. It was, was Donkey Kong Barrel Blast. It was definitely fun. Don't get me wrong, but I wanted Diddy Kong Racing too. You know, like that's what I yeah. was expecting. Out of that. You got Diddy Kong Racing on the DS. It was a wonderful port that everybody loved. That was Diddy Kong Racing. Point five was what we got there. <laughs> kind of like Mario sixty three and a half. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, okay. I think we made it to the end, Stephen. What you say? We killed an hour. I'm proud of us. Yeah. I feel like this. This. This felt to me like a bonus episode. It was kind of fun. Yeah. Right. Just you and I sitting at uh, mm-hmm. at Turtle Mountain eating calzones together. Like we. We. Are, oh yeah. We are socially distancing, and we're still having a little hangout session, just like if I had flown to New Mexico for the project I'm starting in a few weeks. <laughs> I, I one, once we more. can n- not social distance anymore, we're we're gonna hang out again, and we're gonna think, maybe I'll go I to Utah. I think we need to do a trip to Four Corners or something. Oh, that. It there suck, you go. It sucks that you that Lucas and Justin are gonna have to fly from Florida and New York. <laughs> But they're going to have hey, to figure that out. For you and me, it's easy. It's a drive. I have a that's brand just new how car. it works, We're right? 
Okay, well, um, thank you, everybody, one and all, who came to watch the show. If you watch this on Twitch, thank you. We love you. If you're watching this on YouTube, um, probably I didn't post this until, like, five weeks later, so sorry, but um, thanks for watching us anyways. Yeah, flash backward. <laughs> exactly. Um, everybody else watching it or listening to us on the podcast, thank you. Mwah, mwah, mwah. We love you. Make sure that you go to and review us. Give us a star, maybe... Um, give us a nice comment in the reviews. I haven't begged for that. Oh, for give give us more than one star. Maybe give us like three, three and a half. Uh, like, I, let us get up there a little. Oh, come on. Five stars are nothing. You know, it's like, if you don't, what was, have you ever worked in customer service and there's like the five stars, but if you get yeah, anything lower than a five, it counts as a zero a basically. Yeah. yeah. That's how we feel here. At That's Nintendo how our Radio. dealerships do it too. Yeah, exactly. So give us five stars and nice words or you know, I guess don't give us anything at all because we don't want to drop let's, down. Let's, we don't want to drop down. Let, we just let's don't. do that. If you give us five stars on iTunes and you let us know by emailing us at tipsatinfendo.com, we'll shout you out on the show. And yeah, we may 100%. even read your review if it's uh, clean enough. 100%. And we don't yeah, have I'll read your it. review and I'll give you a shout out to... If it's, is it your wife's birthday? I'll tell your wife happy birthday exactly. on air. Whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. We'll make it happen. So, Anyways, we're dragging on a little bit long, so we're going to get out of here. Um, catch you guys next week. Be sure to tell Lucas happy birthday tomorrow. Bye-bye. <gasps> Peace, or yesterday if you're listening on Friday. Infendo Radio is brought to you by people like you. If you want to be a producer, head over to patreon.com slash infendoradio and sign up at the $10 level. We'd really appreciate it. <laughs>